Well, hello, Faith Family Church. We just um, had a great sermon from Pastor Kyle this morning from Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 through 30, titled The Travelogue. And um, hands down, as I was looking at this text, as he was reading through it, I was in the back of my mind thinking like, wow, I'm sure glad that I'm not preaching that text. But uh, he was so very faithful, and he was able to extract uh, some great truths that I think are are going to be edifying for the church, for me personally, and I think it's going to make some great discussion this morning. So we'll start off this uh, panel discussion as we typically do, and just um, how did the sermon bless you? Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you in the way Kyle even like introduced uh, the sermon. This is there are not a lot of mountain peaks here like we think of, yeah. you know, uh, earlier uh, in uh, chapter 2 or even you think of passages like Romans 8. And so it's tempting for us to gloss over, like, let's get to the good stuff. And like, yeah. what are we going, why are we talking about Timothy and Epaphroditus? But uh, just like what Kyle said, there, there's such good gleaming truths to be drawn out of here. Namely, like the, the role that God has used uh, ordinary members of a local church to bless the church. Wow, yeah, um, and the, the ordinary means of, in, uh, of encouraging local churches through the sending of bro- selfless brothers uh, to build up churches. And so how important it is to be intentional in those relationships in the local churches to, to bless people with the word of God. And uh, that, that was one of the big takeaways for me. Yeah, no, phenomenal. Thanks, Andy. What about you, Mike? Yeah, the, the three guys that, um, you know, we do have the Paul and we do have the Timothy that we're uh, familiar with, but to see a a man who's like, we were told today, didn't write a letter, didn't do uh, things that we will find later on in scripture, but he was faithful uh, in what he was asked to do and what he uh, apparently he volunteered to do at the cost of his life or Close anyway, risk of it. Yeah, yeah, risk of it. And so that was just, it was amazing uh, yeah. to me. No, no, thank you. And so the way I'm going to structure this panel discussion is Kyle gave uh, three truths. And truth number one is to learn from Paul to write your plans in pencil. So yeah. I'm going to go through each of those three truths and ask you guys personally, um, what have you learned from that or how do you apply that in your life? So starting with, with you, Mike. Um, the question is this, is, is how do you write your plans in pencil? Yeah. Well, this is so I, I was telling you early, I, I, I had some, um, my wife and I had had some financial plans that we had, um, you know, goals and plans and things that we were, we were looking at. And the Lord used his eraser in the last couple of weeks to erase them. And so last week, one of the things that we talked about in our discussion was about the grumbling. I think it was yeah, last week. Yeah, it was grumbling, grumble, grumble. And I found myself grumble, grumble uh, this week, and I caught myself, and I thought, you know, it, it, and it's obviously said better um, in Philippians, I hope in the Lord Jesus. That's the way he started that yeah, off. Right. And um, I wasn't really doing that when I was grumbling. And so this was a, uh, so as we went through this, this was a, an affirmation that I can, I, I, it's okay to make plans. I don't, and, and some of us are, are really detailed kind of planners. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that if our hope comes not in the plans, but in Jesus Christ. In other words, that we have our plan if the Lord allows, but if he doesn't, we don't just fall apart we just don't like this is the end of the war- world and 
grumble, grumble, grumble again, but we are focused on the fact that um, it's the Lord Jesus Christ's plan. I am a slave to him. And not only that, uh, I think part of the, today was, is me being able to hold less tightly to my personal plans and agenda. I, I need to do that. So there was uh, maybe some conviction on, on that. There was also some confirmation of trusting in the Lord right. during the season. So what I take from that is that it's okay to plan. It's wise and prudent yeah. to make plans, yes. but to submit those plans to the sovereign yeah. will of Christ. Absolutely. Okay. What about you, Andy? Yeah. Amen. Um, on the de- on deployment last year to Iraq, we picked up the the Arabic word inshallah. 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 Yep. Uh, it's it, in Arabic. It means Allah willing. Uh, it's it's really commonly used by by Muslims in, in the Middle East. Uh, like, hey, see you tomorrow. Like, inshallah, you know, yeah. Allah willing. And uh, I, I think uh, Christians have a better understanding of, of God's will when we're making plans than, than Muslims do, because Muslims don't know the living God. Uh, in, in fact, even the, the way that inshallah has its meaning uh, is more of like a fatalistic, like, it doesn't matter what we do. Right. Uh, God just fatalistically is going to do mm-hmm. uh, everything independent of human responsibility, which is not what Paul is talking about here in, in Philippians 2. Uh, Paul, I think, what, what were the adjectives that, that Kyle used? Like, maybe, maybe Paul vigorously makes plans or, or something like yeah. that. Like, he, he energetically, vigorously makes plans, but he writes them in pencil. Right. So it doesn't diminish our responsibility. It just puts it in perspective. Yeah. Like, in the Lord Jesus, I have this hope to, to do these things. And God has been really kind in my life, especially to just crash my, even like good plans. Like right. usually mm-hmm. the plans I, I, I want to uh, set in motion to bring God glory. And God says, no. And for me, it's, it's confounding at, at, at first blush. I find myself grumbling. I'm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Uh, and I wonder, God, why, why would you say no to this? Why would you uh, put the eraser on, on this sentence? But then I, it's, in the first instance, just good for my heart to be told no, because I'm reminded that I am not sovereign, yeah. I am not in charge, but God is. And his plans are so much better than my plans. It's even just the kindness that he lets me make plans in the first place. Right. <laughs> my hope, if I'm like Paul here, and I'm not always like Paul, uh, but my, my hope is ultimately not in the fruition of those plans, but that the Lord Jesus will be glorified no matter what. Right. I was just listening to a pastor talk about uh, everything that's happening with COVID and people are viewing it as a tremendous setback to the gospel. How many missionaries are not able to be in their, their country to, to plant healthy churches and make disciples and instead they're stateside? And the pastor just had a different view of it. He said, isn't it marvelous to see how the Lord is getting himself glory through COVID? If we know that the end state is God is going to bring himself glory through all the nations praising him, uh, and we know that, therefore, everything here is serving that end. Isn't it just tremendous to see how everything is happening is confounding worldly wisdom, but it's happening exactly according to God's plan? And for me, that just really confronted me because mm-hmm. that's not how I think according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm really grateful for, for texts like this uh, that remind me to write my plans in pencil. Yeah, no, there's been occasions in my life where I have planned and God has completely crumpled it up and thrown it out the window and, and sent me often 
this direction when I thought I was going this way. And in retrospect, looking back with a little bit of hindsight, 2020, a little bit of wisdom, I'm like, okay, well, God was growing me through this. Yeah. He needed me to go here in order to, to grow me, in order to conform me. And, and ultimately, it was more for his glory. So yeah. oftentimes, yeah. you know, when we go in that, that opposite direction, just stop and, and, and ask yourself, why is God having me go, go this direction? How can I most serve him and glorify him? Yeah. yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay, so the next question is going to be for you, Andy. And uh, Kyle said, truth number two is to learn from Timothy to be genuinely concerned for the health of the local church. How do you live that out? Not as well as Timothy, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> Because Paul deliberately contrasts him in verse 21. He says, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, and he's saying that uh, in, uh, by the twist of the, of the phrase that Timothy is so concerned for the glory of Jesus Christ, therefore the local church. And so it's not a one or the other, but it's one that causes the other. Right. So for the glory of Jesus, uh, Timothy doesn't care for himself. He cares for this local church. And it's, it's a good reminder for me, first and foremost the church that I am a member of, namely right. Faith Perfect. Family yep. Church. Yep. What can I do to go out of my way to inconvenience myself uh, even to serve members of the local church? One pastor, Mark Dever, from Washington, D.C., said, if you are so eager to learn systematic theology and learn all these really glorious truths, but you're not willing to wake up early to drive a disabled member of your church to church on Sunday mornings, he's like, I'm not sure that you're a Christian. Mm. And that's really what it comes down to for, for, right. the, for the Christian life. For me, practically, one of the ways that I've tried to apply this is whenever I'm traveling, whether it's on vacation or for work, I want to deliberately look up uh, healthy local churches in the area, especially if I, I know the guys who pastor the churches. So a few weeks ago, I went down to South Carolina to see one of the guys I, I recruited into Army Chaplaincy, graduate from the Army course. And there was uh, three pastors that I visited during that trip that I went to seminary with or I did a pastoral apprenticeship with that I went because, well, first of all, I did want, I wanted to be encouraged myself. Right. And that's one of, the Paul, one of the things that Paul says in Philippians 2 is he wants to be cheered by the news right. uh, uh, in, in the church. But also I wanted to serve them. Like, how can I encourage you? How can I serve you? And so I think it was like three or four pastors and churches that I was able just to spend time with for mutual benefit. So that's one of the ways that I try to apply that. Yeah, and so something you said there about if you're so fixated on learning systematic theology that you don't do some of those practical things in the church, you, you probably have an issue. And so ultimately the reality is, is we sit here, we, we intake these great meaty sermons from Pastor Kyle. We've got small group um, fellowship and instruction. You've got your individual time of reading the word. And all that head knowledge has to make it to your heart. Yes and have an outflow in your life and how you serve the local church. And, and so that's that's great, great point. Thank you for that, Andy. Okay, Mike. So the most convicting part uh, of what he said about this was when he said the local church should come before me. And that, you know, you have to ask myself, is that the case? Do I do that? And um, obviously, I, I, I don't think I do. So how do I get to that point? And he gave us the answer. He said, the Spirit needs to um, renew my mind and uh, transform my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, now, that can come through hearing these, obviously, the, the, the sermons and things like that. Um, but ultimately, if I'm going to be 
anywhere near what Paul is telling the Philippians that Timothy is because he has placed all of us in faith family for a reason. And I need to be that person, um, if I want to be that type of person in faith family, I need to have the Holy Spirit do a major rework uh, in, my, in my mind, in my spirit, so that it doesn't, uh, it's not about me. It's not about my comfort back, I always point this way, this where I sit. Said, yeah. it, it's, it's not about my uh, comfort or what, whatever. It's not about my, you know, theology ears getting tickled or anything like that. It's about what can I do for faith family? What can I do uh, to be that type of person? So one of the men that discipled me early on in my salvation, um, Pastor Bill Sturm, just a great, great brother in Christ, um, that dude served with a servant's heart and he used to say, I'm going to continue to serve, serve, and serve until everybody else wants to serve too. <laughs> so it was just a great model that he oh, yeah. gave me to continue to serve because, you know, really when you look at most churches, there's just a small segment of people that are serving on a continual basis. Yeah. So, 20%, I think or, yeah, is what they say. Yeah, and so just as, as, a, as a person that you want others to serve, therefore you live that out. Yeah. And, and not for a spotlight, but you live it out for the glory of Christ and for the betterment of the church. Okay, very good. Okay, so Mike, this next question is for you. And this is from truth number three, and that is to learn from Epaphroditus to take risks. <laughs> How do you do that in your Christian walk? Well, you know, first of all, I need to be willing to take that risk, don't I? Uh, I, I, I got really fixated on him as Kyle was going through that. And we've talked about this before, but um, he, he's, he's really, on a, on a worldly look, he's, he's really a no one. We, we don't hear much, uh, that I guess this is it, as far as I know, that we hear about him. And think about what he did and what it meant to Paul, the seven to 800 miles that he traveled. Uh, not only did he do that, he, he had to know there was risk involved when he left. He, he's, I don't have the sense that he was just like, okay, here I go. So, and some of those risks became true, didn't they? Right, yeah. He, he got sick to the point of death. And, you know, the Lord didn't protect him from whatever sickness that was as far as chills, fever, throwing up, whatever else went along with that, did he? He felt horrible during that time. It was a risk in his mind that he knew that was worth taking for the gospel, to be that gambler. And I love that, uh, you know, when Kyle was talking about be a risk taker or a gambler, um, because once again, um, it, it's not to for the spotlight to be on me. It's for God, uh, just to be where God's working at that point in time. Right. And even in that, just carrying the, the, the finances to Paul, it, look what he carried back, this, apparently, this letter that we're reading. Yeah. No, it, you know, it's great when you stop and you think about it, your, your trust, it's easy to say that God's sovereign, but then to take those words and to put them into action is oftentimes difficult. Yeah. So what about you, Andy? Yeah, I, I agree with all that. It, the same thing struck me in that last verse, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. No one was putting, at least what Paul mentions, no one was putting a sword 
to Epaphroditus' neck, uh, what was the risk that he was incurring? It was the circumstantial risk of being exposed to disease, and mm-hmm. uh, there's all. And you read about Paul's missionary journeys; he experienced a, a lot of uh, tragedies and setbacks, and it's just incredible to to read. And I think that one of the things that that applies for us is being willing to to go and encourage other churches, uh, missionaries on the field, because it, it really was a frontier kind of ministry. Uh, when they were going around and, and encouraging and establishing these churches. Uh, what does that look like for faith family? Going to visit missionaries that we support. It may be an inconvenience. Uh, you yeah. may expose yourself to risk of, well, I might not be able to use my vacation days, what few I have, for uh, something that's really self-serving for me. Maybe I can leverage those to, to serve uh, gospel church planning efforts abroad. Or uh, maybe it's going to visit, uh, do a missions work in a lost people group, or a band together and... Uh, take risks that it may not only, not only not benefit you economically, it may cost you money. Right. Mm-hmm. What sense does that make apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ? Right. And then I think that all kind of makes sense to take that risk because we know ultimately it's no risk at all. Yes. Because Jesus has uh, secured sovereignly the end state. We know for sure how this is all going to end. And that was Paul's hope, how he begins the passage. We have hope in Jesus Christ. Jesus, we know how this is going to end. The battle has already been won. So why wouldn't I throw myself into the fray and get uh, bumped and bruised? Maybe I'll even get killed along the way, but I know that because Jesus was resurrected, I'm going to be resurrected as well. So really, how much of a risk could it really be? It doesn't make any sense for me to hedge my bets in this life. So I think that's one of the applications. No, that's great. So I'm a bit of a church history dork, and and one of the most impactful books that I read was the the diary of David Brainerd, um, you know, put together by Jonathan Edwards. And so you just look at that man's life and, and how much he labored and served to bring the gospel to the Native Americans. I believe he died at the age of 28. And he had tuberculosis, just deathly, deathly sick, cold, just miserable, hungry, crossing over mountains in the middle of winter, just inches from death and still continue to labor and serve. Or Adoniram Judson going over and taking the gospel to Burma. And and how many children did he lose and the wives that he lost and then him getting put in prison because they thought that he was in cahoots with Britain and, you know, tied up with his, his hands behind his back, with his feet hoisted up to the ceiling, um, getting eaten alive by mosquitoes all night long, and just you know horrible, horrible conditions. And you look years later, how many hundreds of thousands of, of, of Burmese Christians can, can say that, I read the Bible in my language because of that man's faithfulness. Yeah. You know, let, let, <laughs> exactly. So the risk that we take has eternal reward for God's kingdom. And I think that we have to kind of correlate it back to you know, we make plans in pencil like Paul. We're willing to take risks, but we, we present our lives and we say, Lord, you're in control of it. Yeah. Do what's best for your glory in my life. And so with yeah. that faith family, um, I pray that this sermon was edifying to you. I pray that you would consider these truths and that you would stop and ask yourself where God is calling you to faithfully serve him for the gospel's sake, for the kingdom. God bless. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.